You're tuned in to the Curated by Podcast. Welcome to the eighth installment of the Curated by Podcast. My name is Rick and my colleague is Martin. And uh, today we have a conversation with an Englishman living in Zurich, mm. Switzerland. Drummer bass is and has been a big part of his life, first starting out as a raver and eventually this progressed into promoting and producing. He has released on labels such as Soul R, Subtitles, CIA, Critical and Dispatch. And since 2017, he's part of the North Forest family. Uh, recently he has released a new EP named Pleasure Rooms, dedicated to a legendary Tottenham nightclub. We are happy to welcome none other than Freddie Dixon, better known as FD, to our podcast. Welcome, Freddie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. How have you been? Hey, man. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Sweltering in the, uh, in the, in the studio today. It's pretty hot over here, so got the fans yeah, blaring for me and the Mac at the same time. So, yeah, but doing all right, How thanks. How warm is it in, uh, in Switzerland? Uh, I don't know, 30-something. Oh jeez! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, definitely too hot for it's an Englishman. Starting... Probably too hot for a Dutch guy as well. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty hot yeah. as well over here. And the day is today is the fifteenth of June, so um, it's an early summer. Yeah, for sure. Um, and before we get into the thick of it, we'd like to start off by asking you. Uh, we always ask ten questions, but we made it fifteen questions, oh, yeah, quick yeah. fire. Okay. Which you have to answer with the first thing that pops up in your mind. Oh, uh, feel free to elaborate, just answer as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 questions. Up to you, Maarten. All right. Um, Alan and Heath or Pioneer? Alan and Heath. All day. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and why is that? I love the filters, to, to be honest. Uh, yeah. And also, I did, I did grow up uh, with an Alan and Heath, basically. Uh, I was lucky to, the first night that I started promoting was a, a drum bass night at, at university, managed to wangle my way in there after having decks for I think a grand total of three weeks and uh, basically gave it gave it a lot of talk, kind of made it sound like I knew what was going on and they, they, they let me have a, a monthly party in there. And I think we had a, I think we had a Zone 62, and so that was kind of what I cut my teeth on. Um, it's a decent mixer as well. Yeah, I think so, and especially for in those days, like uh, my setup at home, I had a, a Vestax PMC 005, which was a see-through blue plastic thing. Don't know if you've ever, don't know if you've ever seen that thing kind of lying I've, around. I've, but um, I've heard of Vestax, but I've not heard of the specific. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, so it was real luxury to have to have that kind of thing, and uh, I've actually finally just invested in a setup for at home, which I wanted to do for a long time, and bought any DJ gear for 20 years or something ridiculous. And uh, it was a, nice. it was a difficult choice, to be honest with you. But yeah, I went Alan Heath, and it, it was I don't know. I'm I'm happy with the choice for sure. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, best back-to-back experience you've ever had. I. Uh, oh, that's difficult. There's been a few, you know. Uh, oh, let's just say with uh, Lensman, just to be safe. Where? Just to be safe. <laughs> Mention the boss. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. Back to with Lensman, or did you only have one yet? No, we had. We've had quite a few. Yeah, we've had. We've had quite. A what, few. what? What really stands out? Where? 
Oh my gosh. You're 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 asking a man who doesn't have much memory. <laughs> um uh, we did we did um we did a a back to back, yeah no, that's a okay, you've managed to twig my twig my brain into action, so this is good. We did uh we did a North Quarter boat party at Outlook a few years ago. And uh there was a bunch of us doing it, me and uh, Lens and Red Eyes and somebody else who I can't remember if I don't look at the photo <laughs> and Fox and uh, no hard to uh, uh, Sattel I think it was I think it, I th- so, sorry Adrian um, and yeah like that that was pretty immense and actually we just did one again oh you know what actually now that now that my brain is actually working I think I prefer I preferred the second one which we did last year uh and that was just crazy. Like I think we just we all did a good job, and it was it was just rammed. Like place was just going off, and yeah, it was just really really good vibes. Really enjoyed that one a lot. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one. <laughs> okay, okay. Thanks. <laughs> you got so, you got the truth uh, out of me eventually. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to choose, would you choose rollers or steppers? Rollers, easy. Yeah. Weirdest not thing that I really, not that I really know what the difference is. Sometimes, to be honest with you, all of the all right. Of, what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah, come on, tell. Roller rolls and a step of steps. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, it's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you know it when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I see. I see your point. Yeah, rollers, man. Okay, okay. Weirdest thing to ever happen during a set. Uh, well, I have had some knickers thrown at me, so. Okay. By a guy or no? <laughs> uh, I didn't see who threw him actually, so I so I couldn't I could I could was the string or a box <laughs> Also, also don't remember. Um, um, and and I didn't notice. Just uh, all the promoters were like, "Look, someone just threw their knickers at you." Um, so yeah, that that was quite a good one. Um, otherwise, yeah, let's stick with that one yeah. for now. Alright. Plastic people are the end. I I that's not fair. Come on. You know that's not fair. You know that's not fair. I gotta say the end I gotta say the end though. It's 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 a it's a it's a dead heat, but I'll say the end for just for you know. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Berlin or Zurich? Oh Berlin. Okay. Um biggest musical inspiration outside of drum and bass. Stevie Wonder. Nice. I would, I would, I would actually want to say Marvin Gaye, but you know, it came out now, didn't it? So there you go. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been said now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the first thing. That yeah, popped exactly. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Rising star of the future, according to you, in drum and bass. Uh, whatever you'd like. Well, let's stick with drum and bass because I guess that's where I know stuff. Um, I, I've got to say, Sattle. Okay. Um, what don't you miss from living in London? Uh, many, 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 many things. To be honest with you, many, many things. Like um, I, it will always be home, you know. Like obviously, and it, it's really nice to go back now because uh, yeah, it's basically a bit like it's a bit like having a holiday, you know. Just kind of dip in, go and see all your mates, have time with your family. Often I'm going for a show, so that's good fun. Yeah, so. All right, yep. that's clear. Okay. So, 
Um, if you had to pick one, Sun and Base or Outlook? Sun and Base. Nice. Will you be there this year? I hope so. I hope so. I really missed it. So, yeah, I really hope so. So, signature recordings of the North Quarter. Oh, you guys are cruel, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> T and Q, obviously. Okay, okay. Um, collabs or solo productions? Uh, solo at the moment, for sure. But it wasn't always that way. Okay. Um, Best rave ever visited? Something at the end, for sure. I don't. I think. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think it was a Ram night at the end. I remember Andy dropping Gate Man, that uh, old digital tune, digital and spirit tune. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still remember it fairly clearly, okay. considering. All right. So yeah, that, those, those were the questions. Was that all fifteen? Uh, thank you for your answer. Yeah. Uh, Dubai, right? Yeah, 14 to be exact. Yeah, you guys are cruel. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving now. Didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good start, Freddie. So now the, the yeah. podcast is about uh, uh, the past, the present, and the future. Let's go back to your past. Uh, you mentioned right, right. Uh, you grew up and lived in uh, lived in London. Which yeah. area did you grow up? In Arsenal, like uh, Arsenal. Yeah, right, right near the. Well, my mum's right near the Emirates Stadium these days, unfortunately, because I'm a Chelsea fan. Oh, you're not a you're not an Arsenal a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Okay. Foot, football's <laughs> not re- football's not really my not my uh, my top top sport anyway. But yeah, I grew up in Arsenal. Um, very lucky to have grown up there. I would say it's it's a really nice part of town. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe that's the, the London centric attitude. That I'm talking about, you know, that I'm bringing there, but it's very central, but it's very quiet and and chilled out. So, yeah. Now, do you come from a musical family? Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of. Um, my mum absolutely loves her music. I'd say it's one of the most important things for her in life. Really, um, there's not a time in her house when. The radio's not on, or there's not a CD on, or a record on, or something like that. It's, I, w- I would say, her life revolves very, uh, very heavily around it. I don't know if she actually ever played anything. I have to ask her. It's good, good point. Um, and, your, and your dad? My dad, uh, my dad uh is also really into his music as well uh he were he was a, a drummer and percussionist for a long time uh okay. which is a perhaps a, an interesting link so like in the in the late 70s and early 80s like he was he was doing quite a lot he uh in his house he basically converted the basement of his house to be kind of like a, a music room and art gallery and just like a a space basically and the stories i hear is that you know him and his mates would be around there like just smashing around for hours like making all sorts of racket basically um and i think he took it fairly seriously um he didn't he wasn't really doing it so much once i got a bit older and so that i could remember but i i remember seeing him once some some random party that I went with him like you know I don't know how old I would have been 11, 12, 13, 14 something like that and seeing him do it at the party I was like whoa like you're really good you're really good like why don't you do this more 
and you could see was he was vibing on it as well so i don't know maybe what kind, what kind of music did he play uh, he was really into um like uh, west african music west african percussion okay. was, was what he was specializing in i think um but he Bella. yeah no doubt like um he comes more from uh, a jazz background though i would say like he's big into um herbie hancock and these days really into robert glasper and yeah so but like a wide range of stuff also a lot of soul as well but also definitely from that so from that jazz point of view do you think the musicality of your parents has rubbed off on you oh for sure for sure because i yeah, um, so when you're when you're surrounded by it all the time yeah you know like obviously you're gonna you're gonna pick up on it aren't you and i don't think yeah. i don't think it was a i don't think it was a logical thing necessarily that i ended up doing this but at the same time having having that going on around me all the time definitely means that you i'm sure you know you must kind of get into music and yeah your your ears yeah. become sensitive to it so i mean was it the same for yeah. you guys well uh i didn't uh, for me it was actually random that i found drum and bass mm -hmm. uh I've, before that i was really into music that much not not the way that i'm now but uh drum and bass certainly was the first genre that really caught my attention and i've always mm -hmm. been into percussion mm -hmm. So that might have been, uh, yeah. There's kind of got to be a link, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what were your first steps in music? Do, do you play any instruments, or uh, did you play any instruments before you started producing? I, I tried multiple things and failed. Um, okay. So, yeah, my mum was making me, and I, I, I use that word correctly, making me have piano lessons at age three, four, five, whatever, and I think I didn't like it at all had to be bribed at the end of each lesson possibly before um gave up on that and then it's um at secondary school so that's from 11 onwards tried a bunch of things and just gave up on all of them i just i think i'm quite lazy with a lot of stuff um and yeah maybe i was interested but just didn't have the perseverance to really kind of push through because you know you don't get something for nothing with anything and certainly not certainly not with playing a playing an instrument um, you've got to put you've yeah. got to put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of graft into doing that and then yeah so i mean that was the beginning and i think one of the one of the things that really appealed to me with then getting into djing was like the the instant gratification of it you know like compared to compared to learning to play the guitar or learning to play the piano like you you've got something much more immediate in front of you a lot more easily than you than you do and you know it's not your music but you you kind of feel like it is you know yeah. you picked it you, well, you selected it or did, <coughs> did it became become serious after you first started partying and then you thought i want to be a dj and then producer how this did follow up how was the follow-up what was the route I mean, um, yeah. so, yeah, basically I I heard drum bass at a house party when I was 15 or 16. Um, someone was playing the Represent album and it just, it just, it got me. I was just like, what what the hell is this? And I, I'd already been, I'd already been like quite into dance music for a couple of years by then, but I didn't, and I, and I'd actually already, I had come across jungle and stuff like that but it didn't really grab me 
so like i first heard jungle uh when incredible was in the charts in in uh in england and uh yeah. basically like uh i used to take the bus to school and my my next door neighbor we used to take the bus together and he was a year older than me and he picked up on it and he was playing this on the back of the bus and like hyping it and i really like i didn't like it didn't didn't get me but and i the way i remember it i don't really remember it kind of sticking in my head like you know over the next couple of years and then when i heard represented at this house party it's just like okay like this is me this is this is what i need to be into this is what i need to this is what i need to check and then um yeah so i was 15 16 so doing my GCSEs in in England and then after the next two years then we do A levels and basically I was getting more and more into it I was listening to pirate radio every weekend recording low, all the DJs and mostly MCs that I liked on the radio um and the thing was is that I I was quite a I was quite a late developer really um for my age mm. so there was no way I was going to get into the into the clubs at like 15 or 16 but then yeah i don't know i think maybe when i was maybe late 16 something like that um i went to a house party and there was they had decks there at the house and this guy uh michael was djing and i was just on him basically i just i must have been so annoyed what's this what's that what's this what's that just so <laughs> excited by the whole by the whole thing and um yeah we became mates and uh nice. and he basically used to go around to his house all the time and we'd have a mix and yeah became became really good mates and basically he was already quite deep into it by then and knew a lot of stuff and had been buying records for a long time and so i could do it at his house but obviously i wanted my own decks but my mum wouldn't let me until i'd finished my exams and this kind of stuff um but yeah i guess we were getting a bit older and so the the chance to make fake IDs and not look 12 actually kind of kind of came and we started to we started to go to raves so it kind it kind of all happened at the same time in a way yeah. you know do you remember your first rave you went to like with the fake idea uh yeah sure like vaguely vaguely but yeah that was that was at pleasure rooms So that was nice. that was rain dance um at pleasure rooms the I think the you can find the flyer online actually I think it's called the five pound payback uh like <laughs> I did find the flyer recently actually and um yeah like how, how was that place what was the what was the feeling when you walked in I I can you remember it's that? really patchy you know like it, it's it's really patchy but there's definitely there's definitely a few things that that stick with me but you know like it's a long time ago I definitely wouldn't have been completely sober so i don't know <laughs> don't know how much is in there but i i really remember so that rain dance they like i don't know if you guys know that rave but it's like fairly big rave in in uk i don't know if it's still i don't know if it's still going i think it might be but but normally the way they used to do it they used to have like five or six rooms and there'd be i'd say they were more like old school and hardcore orientated so there'd be like an old school room a happy hardcore room a garage room a drum bass room 
chill out room, something like this. And that's good. Yeah, amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like when you mm. when you're just kind of getting into it, it's just like it's the best introduction you can have. What right? could you ask for? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. just everything. And um, I'm pretty sure I would have been quite overwhelmed. I definitely would have been really paranoid that they weren't going to let me in. <laughs> and like you know, standing in the queue for however long and whatever we would have paid for the ticket would have been a lot of money for me at the time so I wouldn't have yeah. wanted to not get in but my main I have two main memories from there one is just of the drum bass room I'm pretty sure I remember it being packed and there was these columns with uh, mirrors like in there and basically there was just sweat dripping down these mirrors like on every side because everyone's just going going mad and I remember, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing Brocky and Det, and just, I don't know, just being in awe, you know, just being in a like, I don't know. I, I were, I guess I'm still a fairly excitable bloke. It depends on <laughs> depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on the day. Sometimes I could be a right moody git as well, but generally, like, I'm quite an excitable guy. And at age 17, oh my god, I would have been so annoying so hyper and just so like so vibed up you know um yeah i then um i remember that then it might have even been in that room i fell asleep oh really yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously the excitement all just got to me do you know what i mean it was just it was just too much and i remember basically kind <laughs> so, of falling asleep and waking up and going oh, 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 like where am i yeah that's uh that's quite a thing at the new fans quite impressive right uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, but my question, you yeah. were a skilled DJ at the time or you still had to learn a lot? Far from it. Far from it. Like, I was rubbish. Absolute, absolutely rubbish. Like, no doubt. And um, playing with Mike and, like, his friends who, like, became friends of mine as well, like, I was the newbie, for sure, you know? And I had a, I had a lot of catching up to do. And, yeah, I mean, then going back to what I said about starting the party at uni... Like, I, I was still absolutely rubbish. I, I winged it hard. Like, I, I really fluked my way in there. I did not know what I was doing at all. And it was still it was still vinyl in these days, obviously. And that's that's real DJ. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. That's that's really that's really something. So you have to do everything by ear, right? I, it's just it's just a whole different ballgame, to be honest with you. It is, yeah. Yep. It's completely yep. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Are you and Michael still friends? Uh, we haven't seen each other for a long time, unfortunately. Like we we are in touch sporadically. Um, hello, Mike. If you're listening, hope you're good. I know he's a dad now, so I'm sure he's really busy, like doing that. And then obviously, it's one of the problems of moving abroad. You know, um, yeah. Like you just makes it hard to visit. Yeah, you know. Whenever I go back, it's just it's so hectic. Like it's literally, I'm just doing something morning, noon, and night, and it it's a bit much. I've kind of tried to cut back on it recently because it just gets well stressful. But at the same time, obviously, you want to see everyone and you want to catch up and, you know. Um, so, okay. your, your first steps as a DJ were at uni? Yes, yes. And play the parties and when did this thing, new thing become serious? Oh. When did you get asked for uh, normal parties in clubs? My, my I guess my first... Uh, I mean, so basically I did this night at uni for four years. And then when I graduated, I stayed in the town 
for a few years because I I basically I was working in the record shop by then. Um, got to say hello to Steve. Big up Steve, all the Dance Two crew. I was working Mark. I was working in the shop, um, and I made a lot of friends through working in the shop. There's a there's a DJ school or like a music school in that in that town, and so a lot of the guys who were at the at the music school doing DJing and stuff they were also into drum and bass so they were coming into the record shop and so we'd made we'd made friends and we had a bit of a crew and we started doing we started doing nights there we did some pretty big parties to be honest with you i mean we thought anyway certainly for certainly for the time and certainly for the town how big is pretty big um we did we did like a it was it was a big in terms of the lineup i would say so it was on a, on a wednesday night once we got the better venue and we did uh, a viram night like because that was quite a big thing at the time so what am i talking 2004 or five maybe and we had andy c we had fierce back-to-back ed rush we had sub focus and stuff like this basically and so you know like our most successful nights it was like an 800 cap club. We had 750 in there on a Wednesday night, which was pretty nuts, really. That's big. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that was that was kind of the beginning. But then um, there was this rave called One Nation at the time. Like, that was a really massive series in England. I don't know if you guys know that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, yes. really important one. And they had, like, a thing for beginners like as it were called new nation so i was playing for them quite a lot back in the day um and i guess the big the big first thing really was that we we were at brixton academy playing in the cupboard <laughs> playing in like the cloakroom you know and uh, yeah, i've been there you've been there what, to the cloakroom or yeah. like oh I, I went to i think a few hospital records yeah, nights there yeah 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 exactly so you probably yeah, know where i'm the, talking about even the cloakroom is pretty big at bricks and it's upstairs isn't yeah, it in, in, yeah, the, in that hallway you still get a decent yeah you still yeah. get a decent little yeah. crowd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen a few decent play there. yeah yeah interesting setup yeah for sure that's exactly what i would call it yeah and yeah. um and yeah like i was playing uh i was playing there and suddenly someone who i didn't recognize came up and was like the DJ hasn't turned up for the main room. Like, do you want to come and do it? Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, we left. I was playing back to back with a guy called Dave, and uh, yeah, we left and we went to the main stage, and there it was, full house, like straight up, and uh, still playing records at the time, and I didn't realise, but the decks were hanging from the ceiling because like to. I guess to isolate them from all the base of the system and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I went in to put like, you know, put my first record on and I just leant on the thing and it just kind of swung, lurched forward. I was just like, oh <laughs> Yeah. And luckily like the the decks didn't jump or anything. But yeah, we played forty five minutes uh, to a main main room at Brixton Academy, which was What's the, what's the capacity? Five I think maybe three and a half, four thousand in that room. Four thousand, yeah, okay. something, something like that. Yeah, so That's large, and uh, yeah, the MC called me NV for the whole for the whole set, which was a bit <laughs> a bit gutting to be honest. What's your name, bruv? <laughs> FD NV. All right, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was a, I was a bit gutted about that, but um, 
yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty amazing. Definitely. So I, I presume you were a DJ before you were a producer. Uh, how long was the period between starting DJing and having your first release? Um, Actually starting producing in that matter. Yeah. So um, basically, I was writing. Uh, I kind of wrote my, or helped, helped somebody, helped a friend write tune in '99, and we, we we wrote a few things together, but I didn't get my own setup until 2005 or six. Okay. Something like that, and then, yeah, uh, first release came out in 2010. So there, there's kind of like a a bit more than a 10 year. 10 year transition period from kind of starting to DJ and then the, the, the first thing coming out. Yeah. Um, so when did you realize that you have a feeling for producing music? I still don't. <laughs> 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 like, uh, I've just, you know, learn, learning on the job. Yeah. I guess, I guess going back to what I was saying about the, the musical instrument thing, I obviously just, I think I've, I've this kind of resonated with me that much more than playing an instrument or maybe I'd become more stubborn in my old age or I don't know what it was yeah. but I I didn't give up and yeah I, I don't know I mean I, I I would say I'm no natural basically but just kind of through perseverance and keeping doing it and being interested you know you, you pick stuff up you pick stuff up as you go yeah and I remember I remember when I, my friend who I'd written my first tunes with and we were kind of talking about, oh, how do you make it sound good? I was like, you know, what what am I doing wrong? Like, tell me. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, you just, you'll work it out. You'll you'll find out. Like, it, it just it just comes. And I honestly, like, honestly, that is kind of true. Yeah. Like, you just, you just, it, it's so much about um, sound selection. And the, the the sounds that you put together, and the way that you put them together, and the the thing is, is that it's still the same now. For I don't know, um, like you you could you could do this podcast with um, JD from Ulterior Motive, and now Submotive, one of the the best engineers in the game for sure. Yeah, and still, he will have tunes that he makes that sound better than others. And that will just be because he's selected better sounds, or the way that like the the bass and the 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 drums are kind of playing off each other because of the the position where the bass notes hit, or whatever. Like they just kind of gel together better and allow for a better a better sound. And I mean, the thing is, obviously, like engineering is not the only part of this. Songwriting is also really key, but with this kind of home studio music making and especially then with something like drum and bass like the sonics of it is important and that's physics <laughs> that's maths like that that that's it's something very different so yeah it's just it only comes with time and that's actually one of the things i really love about it because you can constantly be learning I don't think that's the I don't think I think a lot of people don't have that privilege in their lives you know like unless they decide in at least in their work lives you know like yeah it's a never ending process yeah 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 which is which is super cool so I don't know 
Yeah. Did yes, you? I start to feel a bit more. Sorry. Yes, I start to feel a bit more confident in what I'm doing, but I still wouldn't say that like I regard myself as good. Yeah. At all. So, where did you get your first uh, release? Who scouted you? Um. Uh. The 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 first the first thing that was signed was with CIA. Okay. I I I closely. Uh, I then signed something with um, Critical straight afterwards, and the Critical thing came out first, actually. Well, but the CIA thing was signed first. Do you remember which release that was? What tune? What tunes? I do. Yep, I do. Cougars and White Horse on CIA, and Canopy and Remorse on Critical. Remember it like it was yesterday almost. <laughs> so, did they reach sure. out to you or did you reach out to them? Um, with the CIA thing. Um, the, the tunes are both collabs and with the critical thing. Um, so Cougars is with a, a guy called Keza and uh, White Horse is with a guy called Script and Keza, Keza knew Rhea and her and, um, her and Smithy were together at the time and Keza sent the tune to, to Rhea. She gave it to Smithy and so, and then, and then yeah, that's how that happened. With the critical thing, um, I was actually um, friends with logistics from from that night that I was doing in my uni town. I'd met him, and I'd sent him the tunes, and he really he really liked it. And he sent it to Kazra and was like, "Kaz, you need to you need to you need to deal with this." And he did. So yeah, nice. So <laughs> if you look back at the young FD, uh, what would it, what would you have done differently? Uh, I'm still young. How old are you? <laughs> How dare you! So, what would you have done differently if you have to, if you had the chance to do it over again? And um, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Oh, so many, so many, so many. But I mean, at, at the time, I remember I was I was pretty overwhelmed by what happened. There were there was no way that I felt ready for that. You know, like I'd been writing stuff, but I hadn't really been grafting away so then in in 2006 then i moved back to i think it was 2006 i moved back to london and um it was only then like a couple of years later that i really started kind of working a bit harder and kind of pushing on with the with the production and stuff and so i didn't really have that many finished tunes in the in the locker i wish i, I wish i'd had more stuff ready to go because then basically I was completely overwhelmed by the moment and Kazra's asking me for tunes, Smithy's asking me for tunes and I haven't got anything. And I just, you know, I, w I was like a rabbit in headlights, basically. I just can't do it, not good enough, don't know what I'm doing. And so I just uh, procrastinated for a long time and I guess I could have really, could have really struck while the iron was hot and, you know, had the next couple of releases and I, I didn't manage it for whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, Freddie, you've released on labels uh, such as CIA, uh, Critical, uh, sub subtitles, and now of course the North Quarter. Um, how do you look back on releasing on those labels, and how did this reflect in your music? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, obviously really proud. You know, like these are these are all labels that I don't know. They're really serious labels and really a, an important part of the fabric of the the music. So it's a massive, it's a massive privilege to had a chance to contribute to that. You know, it's it's super cool, really. And I think it's easy to forget that, like when you're when you're in the middle of it all. Yeah. And you're just like 
I need to go further, I need to do more, I need to push this, I need to push this. I think, you know, it's such a, I think our society is so like that. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to kind of, you know, not really appreciate the, the, the things that you're, that you're doing and having the chance to be a part of. So yeah, it's massive privilege and obviously super chuffed to have tunes on heads and solo was a dream. 100%, you know, like Marcus was like the absolute pinnacle of uh, taste making as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So for him to like my music enough to sign it was fantastic. So what what what, what have you learned from Marcus? So much. So much. Like he just, you know, like he was just it, it just really seemed to me like he was somebody who did it for all the right reasons. And it, for him, it was really, it's really about the art. It's really about the music, and that—that's all that matters. And I, I just, I just think that's the 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 right way. I mean, obviously, I I, I would like to say that I've always kind of been of that opinion, anyway. But then, seeing somebody do it in that way, and I mean, obviously, I guess my my opinion is skewed by the fact that I was. I, I love the music that they were putting out on Solar so much, so obviously that kind of informs your opinion a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. But and influence your sound. It was just real. For, did it influence your sound? The what they released on on uh, Solar. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. A hundred. A hundred percent. You know. Like. You know. Marcus had already been around for a long time before he started Solar, mm -hmm. and the the sound of the label definitely kind of uh you know it changed over time and stuff but i don't know i i i recently i had to i had to sell a lot of my records because i had a shitload of records and it's just a bit of a nightmare carting them all around when you decide to go and live in a different country yeah and i got rid of a lot i mean i had a I had what i would term a dj collection so basically like From working in the shop, I'd bought a lot of promos and a lot of white labels, yeah. and I was just hungry to have new tunes every time I had a gig, which was quite a lot in those days of the the uni thing. That was every month, and so there was a lot of fodder in there as well. But I kept what I would consider the cream, and I kept every Solar release I've I bought. You know, like they're they're all here, and obviously that's partly the music, and it's also like the emotional tie. But he just he just was. He was real and it was all about the music and I think in 2022 that is such a that is a that is kind of it feels to me more of a valid conversation than it ever was mm. you know like with the with the rise of social media and the basically the I don't know is it about the art anymore like try not to get too not always morose but... and too like <laughs> depressed about it but like yeah Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, I mean, I would say yes, definitely the sound, but also like that attitude. I really try and take from him because I just thought it was the right way to do it. And I know that a lot of my peers would agree yeah. that, you know, that was the great, like one of the great things about Marcus is just like, it was no bullshit. How did you? Whether we're talking about music or whatever, you know? How did you meet? Um,. So yeah, this um, basically the my friend who I've been writing tunes with, like uh, he had a bunch of tunes together, and 
um, he decided he wanted, like, we went to a night at the end and uh, he decided he wanted to give a CD to, to Marcus. And, like, so we, we gave him the CD, you know? And, like, even then in a packed club and, like, I don't know what year that was, like, very early 2000s, I guess. Like, he was, I still remember him being a very nice guy and very chilled and he still had five minutes for us and, you know, even though probably everyone was tapping on his shoulder and asking and yeah he was he was super nice and then like we had a few more meetings like I booked him for the night at, at uni uh, which was a really nice experience um he drove down <laughs> and um basically like as a lot of I mean that's how a lot of UK DJs do it you know they're driving up and down the, the country like all weekend yeah and he parked he parked up in the he parked up in the car park I was like all right, like, how are you doing? Like, uh, like, must have been a million miles an hour. So excited to, you know, meet my hero, pretty much. And like, we we had to walk to the student union where the club was. And he's like, bloody hell, this is welfare, mate. Like, just <laughs> totally, you know, just a just a just a guy, just a man. Like, <laughs> just so nice and down to earth. Yeah. So that was kind of the beginning, and then I think I just kept pestering him whenever I could. <laughs> And uh, going back to your, to yourself as a producer, uh, what, how do you describe yourself? A productive, selective, a purist? Slight, are you commercial? Don't think so, but how do you describe yourself? So, no. <laughs> Not very sensible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I, I never thought to put it into kind of direct words like that, but it, I just, I just basically do what I want to do. I do I do what kind of basically the way the scenario goes I sit down in here like, okay I'm going to make some music today and maybe I have a, a rough idea and but you know it, it, it literally generally the way I like to do it is that I'll I'll start with something and when something triggers me when, so, when something grabs me I'm like yeah that sounds cool and I'll just try and push it that way you know like try not to have too many preconceptions obviously it's kind of governed a bit by mood and maybe i'm like okay yeah today i want to write a stepper well that never happened did it today i want to today i want to write a roller <laughs> or whatever or a, or a, like a musical one or whatever but like even so even if then like the scope is quite wide yeah i'll be i'll be messing around and it's when you kind of get that sound or something to do with the drums or whatever and you're like oh that's sick for me that's then what pushes the direction so it's literally just it's what grabs me and I don't know for me that like I can't imagine doing it in any other way it feels like the I always just assume that's the right way to do it yeah uh, if you if you listen to our last podcast with Workforce mm -hmm. and he uh, I li uh, yeah, yeah and on, he, he was we talked about the process of producing music and that he's always into the details that no, at, at one point nobody hears it but he's still working on those details are you the same a tweaking sure. tweaking and tweaking for sure yeah yeah i mean that's the that's the life of the the producer i think like i i mean i definitely would say like in the last couple of years one of the most important words for me when I'm writing music is, is spontaneity mm. and trying to be trying to be a bit loose 
and trying to trying to get an idea down quickly because I've, I kind of feel like it's more honest and you can you can hear it in the music like you can hear that that looseness and that playfulness and that fun and I, I think I think fun's a really important part as well you know like should be like I mean that makes it sound like a tune can only be fun that's not what I mean but that kind of yeah that that spontaneity is important however to then make it into a, a finished product like if you listen to Jack's stuff like you can you can hear you can tell that he that he does that but still there's still the this great distillation of the idea he still distills it down to like its most empirical form and it's yeah. that's what makes the the track strong yeah but the detail like the detailing at the same time is then what will give it longevity i think because as the listener then i i used to love that about tunes when you like on the hundredth listen you're like whoa what's that like i never heard that before like what what's that and layers i think if you listen yeah layers and i think if you if you listen to some of the great pop records or great rap records or whatever like there's always going to be that stuff in there yeah you know and yeah i think that's really important too but i do think it's about finding a, a hybrid of the two yeah you know? so um you've moved from london to berlin and then you ended up in zurich uh mm-hmm. tell us about that why how did it happen why berlin and why zurich yeah sure um so london um i was getting quite bored anyway i'd had a messy breakup like life was difficult and um i'd been doing a party at plastic people you swines for that earlier question mm. um i'd been doing a party at plastic people which unfortunately had to come to an end when was that and that was 2008 or 2007 to 2000 big, big time like of plastic people i guess Yeah, everything was peak yeah. time with plastic I mean, people. It was honestly like it was like a dream when they said that, you know. Basically, I can't remember how we got the the link up with Ade, the owner. But basically, just like, oh, can we do a drum bass night, please? He was really not into like he was just like oh, drum bass, but but he was a he was an audiophile, really into music and decided to give us a go, and it was just. Yeah, the reason I knew about Plastic is because Marcus and Caliber were doing a were doing a, a solar night there. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember losing my mind at that party in there. But so yeah, we got the chance to do that and that was amazing, but then that came to an end unfortunately and um yeah, one of my um one of my best mates James, um he was playing a lot in Berlin. He produces under the name of Sire. I don't know if you know him. Um, I did an album for Hot Flush, and okay. he's doing a lot of te- uh, like techno stuff these days. Well, he would hate me to say that. <laughs> he does mu- he does music? Fair game, yeah. Sound design, yeah, yeah, wonderful stuff. But he so he was playing in Berlin a lot of the time, and he was just like Fred, like you got to come with me. Like we've got to move there. It's so good. Like we got to move there. And eventually, one day, I got my shit together and went with him, and. Yeah, just had the best time, and uh, met a girl, and yeah, the rest is history, really. How long have you lived in Berlin? Uh, nearly four years. Okay. 
nearly four years, 2010, and that was from. <clears throat> you had to start over. Yeah, in London, you, you're building, you've built something. Uh, people mm-hmm. know you, uh, you know the clubs, you know the, yeah, you know the people behind all the concepts. And in Berlin, you don't, don't know anybody. And how, it was how do you build your career in, or continue your career in Berlin? It was, honestly, I, th- I just think it was kind of the best thing because it just, it just, I was, in, you know, obviously from that time in London, like I got to know a lot of people and I got a lot of contacts and stuff. And it's not, it's not a lie when they say that the music industry is a lot about who you know, but like it's definitely, yeah. there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, too much, one would probably say. Um, but also I was just... I was too busy farting around. I wasn't working hard enough at the at the music, and having that kind of reset in Berlin. Although I was still doing a lot of farting around as well, and like definitely had a bit too much fun um, in Berlin. It also like another reason why I decided to go was because it was X amount cheaper than um, London, and so basically I could just work a few days a month, and I had enough money, and then I could just. The rest of the time I could spend making music. So it really gave me the chance to kind of really knuckle down and kind of work at my craft, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and how is it to so be a drum and bass producer and DJ in Berlin? It's not really a drum and bass city. Exotic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Exotic, have, have yeah. you switched yeah. to techno? Everybody does techno over there. Yeah. I, t- I tell you what it was like being a drum and bass uh, producer in Berlin. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. <basically. laughs> yeah. Nobody cared. <laughs> but but I mean the the thing is is that obviously it's a it's a techno city uh-huh. for sure. That that that's clear. But the fact is is that people that like music and that aren't just kind of transient techno tourists, they will they also appreciate other music. Yeah. You know? And so yeah, if you if you're really into something and you can show people something interesting, then they will also um, respect that and be interested in that. And I I was lucky through the people that James introduced me to, and then the people that I who then I hung around with afterwards. They were they were music people. They were people who are into sound yeah. and interested in all different stuff. So, so, and no, go on. Okay, yeah. So. Um... How is the drum and bass in, in Zurich? Is there anything going on there, or is it? Uh, it's also not too much. There's, no, there's loads going on here. Um, Zurich is a techno uh, city or not? What's it as? Tech house. Tech house. Tech house. What's all? And I use that. I use that as a swear word. Yeah. Like, that is an, more that and is more an people use it as a swear word. Yeah. But they had a big street parade in in Zurich, or is it still going on? They still do. They still do. They still. Oh. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it's tech house for miles. Oh, Lovely. Love. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, some people here like to call Zurich Little Berlin. Okay. Because because there's so many clubs. I wager they never went to Berlin. And that's why they say it. Because it could, couldn't be two more different places, in my opinion. But um, nightlife is really important here. And there are loads of clubs. Um and the drum bass scene in Switzerland's pretty strong, I would say. Really, for for such a small country, there's a lot of parties, there's a lot of people producing, there's a lot of DJs. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Talents? Any names from Switzerland? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there's loads of people. Um, I'm not. I'm not so plugged in, to be honest with you. Like, so it was interesting your question about the, you know, how do you move your career on, uh, on when you move to another city? I made a very proactive choice when I moved to Berlin that I was gonna unplug myself from the scenes because. I just th I think it's a bit poisonous to be honest with you. I don't really I don't really dig it that much anymore, and so I kind of kept my distance in Berlin, and I've done the same in Zurich. So I'm not that plugged in. Okay. But like there, there, there are I know of a few people like QZB, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like they're they're obviously really coming up. Octave was here for a long time. He's he was English, obviously. BTK was here. And a ground. Um, ground yeah. as well, and. Uh, silly and switch case and like there's lo there's loads of people like uh, demand records Labe, obviously Labe is from here as well Switzerland I think the vocalist who Labadoza yes yeah exactly Geneva crew yeah yeah um, so like and in every city and in every town there there are little crews doing their stuff it's really like it's good I I should pay it more heed to be honest with you because like it it's cool but you know maybe I'm too stuck up my own ass or too old or too boring or whatever it is and I don't do it that much but there there is loads of stuff going on so it's it's quite cool yeah. so for now for the time being you'll you'll stay in Zurich yeah yeah it took it took it took me a while to we came here for my for my girlfriend's job um she's a speech therapist and okay. got a great job here really loves it. And yeah, it took it took us both a while, but me longer to get used to it. But now, it's a, I really like the the work life balance generally. And going back to like that city size that I was talking about, like Zurich's like a it's a pretty good balance in terms of how big the city is and then how close like the surrounding countryside is. And it just yeah, it affords me a good a good balance. So and I I'm I'm writing a lot of music. I'm being prolific, and to be honest, that's that's what I wanted. So, yeah, it's a it's a success. Yeah, okay. you speak German now? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Badly. <laughs> Very badly. Ambition. Very badly. <laughs> yeah. So, as an Englishman, you're a big fan of cricket. Do you play cricket in Zurich? It's not true. No. Who told you that? Uh, uh, Lensman told me. He, he, he told me. Really, I called well, Lensman. I said, a mass, massive they, have, liar. "They have some stories about Freddy." He said, "He's a massive <laughs> cricket fan." You're not. It's true. Oh, it's true. It, it's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, big time. Like ever since I was a little boy. Right. So, like, I don't know. Basically, kind of, I fell off for a long time because it's just, as you probably know, the most ridiculously time-consuming game. Could take days, right? Five days, Five days is the longest form, <laughs> which is the optimum. The optimum. The, that's the the shortest form takes about three hours. The longest takes. So you five buy days. one ticket, you have five days of five days match. No, oh. you buy five that's tickets. Right? Like, don't like. Come on, it's not. It's not. It's not all golden like oh. that. One one ticket equals one oh, day. Oh, one day. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go all, all five days, like you gotta you gotta put your hand in your pocket a bit more. Than that. But yeah. Yeah, no, there, there, there is, there is cricket out here. Um, a massive league, actually. Surprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight, eighteen teams. Damn. So, like, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. So, um, as, as, as maybe you guys know, like, 
cricket is massive in the in the Indian and Pakistani and Sri Lankan and Bangladeshi communities and land and basically a lot of the guys that have come here for work they they've started many many teams um nice. and so basically like with them and then a few a handful I would say of like English and Australian South African uh, West Indian people playing as well but yeah there's 18 teams 18 in that teams. one league and there's another there's another league as well wow. so and they like the standard the standard's really good or at least that's my excuse for why I'm not that good <laughs> but yeah yeah no I love it I love it <laughs> and um, to go back to your professional career because you have uh, that's what Lansman told me multiple jobs in the music industry promoter you were a booking agent in Berlin is that correct? Yep. Yeah, for yeah, a yeah, techno yeah. booking agency you were involved in Sun and Bass you were a label manager at CIA mm-hmm. is that true? Mm-hmm. all those things yeah, yeah. It's all... we've done everything yeah. I mean I think that's one of the cool things about about music is that it's so it's so multifaceted there's so many different yeah. things that can kind of keep you interested you know yeah you know like there's so many different angles which is which is cool um, at the same time Yeah, it's, it's, I'm also glad that I'm not not doing that stuff at the okay. moment because it gives me more chance to concentrate on writing music. So, do you write music full time now, or do you do something? Or do you do something yeah. on the side? No, no, I'm doing I'm doing this full time at the moment. Nice, that's a good position. All my eggs in one basket. So, and all those jobs and experience and knowing how the game works, the music game works. Does it give you a head start compared to other producers? Uh. Yeah, or makes you more of a jaded old bastard. <laughs> could, 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 could go could go either way, couldn't it? Um, I I think I think it I think it probably helps in a lot of ways. You know, maybe enables you not to take missteps or get taken advantage of, or just end up kind of going down a route that you don't that you that you don't want to. But I mean, it's just it's just interesting, honestly. I just I think it's really a, an interesting. Part of it, I, I'm promoting again as well. Like I'm doing a party with a couple of mates here in in Zurich now, okay. which have been really really enjoying. When is that? Yeah. Uh, when is the party? Uh, we just had oh. one on Friday, actually. Oh, we just had the second one on on Friday. Um, yeah, um, we're in what I would call the coolest club in in Zurich. I've been like I'd met the owner and I'd been haranguing him for <laughs> years. Please let us do a party. Please let us do a party. And being the good. And sensible businessman that he is, he said no. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Basically, kind of times changed, and and you know, drum bass is kind of cool right now. In case you hadn't noticed, everyone thinks we're hot shit again. Uh, how did yeah. it go? Um, yeah. So how did it go? Yeah. Uh, well, we had the we had the first one in March, and my friend Marvin, who was doing the MCing, MC Marvelous, like he just kept saying on the mic. It's the best case scenario. Like they said, it was the biggest queue they'd had in 15 years before the doors opened. It was nuts, absolutely nuts. Like it was, it, it was so good, and the vibe was so good, and they, it didn't matter what you threw at them, they were having it, loving it. Nice. It was, it was wicked. Yeah, it was. And really what's cool. the name of the party? And the second, sorry, it's called Hotbox. Hotbox. Okay. And yeah. the second one, it's the a se- play on it. And the second party, how was it? Oh yeah, the second party. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, in Zurich in the summer, um, there's a massive outdoor culture 
So a lot of open air parties and um, just chilling by the lake or chilling at the river or whatever. So a lot less people go to clubs. And so a lot of the, a lot of the clubs, they actually close over the summer. They do like a summer break. I don't know if it's the same in Holland. It certainly isn't in England because it's raining every day, probably like in Holland. So, But yeah, so it went pretty damn good considering it's already really hot here. It was still, it wasn't as many people, but the vibe was still there. And I haven't heard back from them, but I'm pretty sure they were happy. So, yeah. What 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 kind of names are in the lineup? Any names that we would know or were they mostly locals? Yeah, I mean, so, so far, like the... Um, we're basically trying to we're trying to build up the the local scene a bit so yeah they essentially they offered me a residency there and then every so often we will have a bit more budget to book international names and stuff like that but also um my friend carlos is part of the team it's um and he he's the guy who used to write, uh, run demand here okay and for him it's really important to try and build up the the local scene and obviously i think in the long term that's a really you know that's how that's how stuff moves forward you know and so he he's really plugged in and so we're really trying to kind of bring some new people through who kind of have a similar musical ethos to us um so that's also really important but we we will also be booking other people in the in the in the future as well so yeah nice so when's the next one uh, the next one's in September now. Okay. So nothing over like, basically having, yeah, having having that having that break. Maybe next year we'll do some outdoor stuff over the summer as well. But let's see. It, it it's really time consuming as well, you know. Um, so as much as I, I don't know. I think promoting is one of the hardest jobs in in the music game to some extent, especially if like you, if you just really want to do the music that you love, and you're not just trying to make a quick buck or whatever I think I think it's really difficult and we need to give a lot of props to the people who kind of put their their time and their money on the line to do parties it's one of the reasons that I also haven't done it so much in the more recent past because it's just it's a lot of hard work but um yeah 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 we, we will have a break for now and then we'll be back in the in the autumn Nice. So your uh, new EP named Pleasure Rooms, we talked about yeah. Pleasure Rooms early in this conversation. So let's talk about Sean Kemp. Um, we are and were you a big uh, basketball basketball fan? Yeah, I was. I was like, uh, I lost my passion a little bit along the way, partly when uh, the Sonics were relocated. Oklahoma. To, uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> of all uh, places, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sent to Oklahoma sounds sounds like a <laughs> sounds like some kind of prison sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Back in the back in the mid '90s, basically, I was just I was playing every day, uh, pretty much obsessed with it. And yeah, massive Sonics fan, and consequently, obviously, a massive Sean Kemp fan as well. And um, yeah, basically, like we were. I'm not very good at coming up with tune names. Um, it, it drives Lens mad, actually, because normally when I send my when I send my projects through, I I, I think it's a very efficient naming system. Uh, but he will he will beg to differ. So it's you know the month and then like many numbers, June seven four five blah 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 whatever. It makes sense to me anyway. 
but so I was trying to trying to name the tune, and we talked about it. And Len Lens was just like, "It's it's a slammer. Like, why don't you call it Sean Kemp?" And, well, yeah. yeah. If I have the chance to name my one of my tunes after one of the greatest dunkers of all time, then I'm happy for sure. I wanted to talk about uh, your uh, collaboration with Subtle a little bit in zero zero zero. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a collaboration with uh, Sattel from Poland. You had your uh, first EP out last year, right? Yeah. Uh, how did this collaboration came, come to be? Um, we talked about doing stuff for a while, mm -hmm. but we hadn't we hadn't really got our act together. And then I I can't quite remember how it started, but I think I think Adrian sent me a sketch, and I had a little go on it. And Lens was just like, "This is sick! Like, you got to do an EP." And so that that was kind of like the the starting point of that. And then it wasn't for maybe like another year or something that we then started to we started to look at it. And Adrian sent me a bunch of sketches. I don't know if you've heard this about him, but he he writes so much music. He's very prolific. Like it's, yeah, it's in it's insane. Yeah, like it, it's just yeah, it's crazy how much music he writes. So obviously, like super talented guy. Mm -hmm. I think it, it helped that he probably grew up with a, a computer in his crib. You know? <laughs> so like one one of the joys of being a, a bit younger. Yeah. But um yeah, super talented guy. And so the first tune just kind of came together so well. So we decided to do more. And then he sent me a bunch of sketches. Um I picked a couple that I liked. I sent him a bunch. He picked a couple he liked. And then yeah, we just we just finished them off from there and tried to balance it up so that there was a couple of things that I'd started, a couple of things that he'd started. Okay. And um, so it was really fun. Like, yeah, we had we had a lot of fun doing it. It was really what's the spontaneous and vibey. What's the idea behind it? Like sound-wise, because I've, I've it's of course a little bit deeper stuff. Uh, it's yeah, more roller, deep roller stuff. Uh, is there any specific? Yeah, tell me, tell me what you think it is. That's interesting to hear. Okay, deep roller stuff. You're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, uh, let's not yeah. let's not think in boxes <laughs> what are, yeah, yeah, are yeah. those Stop deep steppers Martin <laughs> yeah deep steppers yeah exactly I Stop. can tell you I mean yeah I mean basically um, as you guys I'm sure are aware there's like a really strong hip hop ethos in the North Quarter camp and obviously obviously that's kind of been led by Lens you know like he's really known for that but also a lot of the people whose music that he's drawn to they obviously uh encompass that strand in their own work as well so like red eyes is also a massive hip-hop fan submorphix everybody to be honest within the camp we're all into hip-hop as well but one of the things that me and Sattel share that maybe the other guys don't share so much is that we also have quite a love for techno and other electronic music and so that was that was kind of the the inspiration for what where we were going. We wanted to try and come with a bit more of a techno palette of sounds and a bit more of a techno ethos. And yeah, that's that's obviously like where the Lin kind of idea comes from. It's slightly tongue in cheek as well because techno also suffers from all the same problems that drum and bass suffers from in terms of people doing all the same stuff and copying each other and everything being black and white or whatever it is like anyone who's really into that music will also be pissed off about all the cliches that happen in techno as well just as we are in drum bass yeah. um but yeah we basically tried to draw some of those strands in 
And I think, like, if you listen to, like, Lin 001, for example, like, the way that it's just, like, one synth line basically driving along the track, like, you know, for me, that's quite a techno thing that you would just have, like, this one very loopy element going on. Uh, number 002 then is, like, very, like, uh, Detroit-y kind of in, in its sound. Um, 004, like, the, the main hook, it's, like... It's like an old techno riff. So that that's kind of like the jumping off point for us. And that's where we're trying to been trying to take it. And then when we've been doing um Lin Zero Zero sets, like we're also like drawing in other electronic genres of music as well and just, just trying to push it a little bit, see see where we can go with it. But also just yeah, it's just it's what's vibing us up, you know? It's what's kind of getting us going and we can kind of share like share that interest with one another which is really cool what other genres will you do in the next releases oh, uh, that's classified, classified. oh fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i mean i don't i don't i don't know i mean we'll we'll just i guess we'll see like lens kind of got me and all of us i think generally working on this way where basically we work we write a lot of sketches and then we like very quickly and then we start to kind of trim it down And I think that's like, I've got, I was quite hesitant to start this working method at first, but now I actually, I found that it makes, it means that I end up with more music at the end. So that's, that's cool. And I guess Adrian and I will do the same thing for the next thing. Although having said that, we also have been discussing like possible ideas or jumping off points for, you know, what would kind of be an interesting like next step for this thing. But I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't want to box it up, Rick. No, don't box, box it. it don't box it. I, I, <laughs> just don't box it. Like uh, on your album, you had one track. I can't remember the title, but it had a broken beat track on your album. Mm-hmm. What was it title? Yeah. I love it. Just do more, really? more multi-genre things. And and I think like Thank this concept, the Lin 000 is... is I, I don't know why did you tell that you and Adrian are behind it. Why didn't you keep it a secret? Really? Okay. We had we had we had we had a long discussion about it, and I have to take the fall on that one. Uh, I said I wanted to because the 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 I'll tell you the truth behind it. Like basically the way the way everything feels at the moment, you've got to be constantly in the spotlight to to maintain your status and to maintain your gigs and like you got to be doing stuff all the time it's not good enough just to do one record anymore a year and then like people get people get bored so quickly and they're always looking for the next thing uh or that's how it feels to me anyway and i i felt like fd needed to have more presence out there again and so i just said guys like i i want to put my i want to put my name on it and Lens and Sattel actually both would have been happy to keep it just Lin 000 and I definitely see the I see the plus points to doing it like that for sure I really do I really got it and it wasn't an easy decision but yeah maybe if you now everybody knows there are two drum and bass DJs behind it get get gets boxed as drum and bass and maybe quite possibly yeah and and I think I hear you talking about what your plans are that it has more that it has mm. potential outside of trauma base mm. and I really yeah, like yeah. the concept maybe, but I mean, maybe yeah I don't know you want to mm. go outside of no, trauma base I see, I see your point 
I, so I see your point. I mean, the th- the th- the thing is, is like, like I said earlier, I think, yeah, you know, drum and bass, it's seen as the bastard child of dance music a lot of times, and it doesn't get the the respect from the music press or other genres and stuff yeah. like that. That's true. But I also think the pe- people that are really into music and people that are interested. They will search stuff out and they won't box stuff out and say we wanted to do something with another drum, uh, non-drum and bass label. If it's a cool label who's actually open-minded and forward-thinking, they won't give a shit that we're from drum and bass. They'll just listen to the music. Yeah. <coughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to work with somebody who didn't, who didn't see it in that way because it's only going to end in tears anyway. Do you know? What yeah. I mean? Now, to be honest, it's, it's it's changing over here in the Netherlands too. And if you see, yeah. like we started five, six years ago doing drum and bass parties and our last party in April we had mm. curated by Imanu okay mm-hmm. it was it was not strictly drum and bass Jarfield started playing mm-hmm. she played half an hour four to the floor techno mm-hmm. uh, John really? Imanu back to back with Bozai and Carousel Project they played more other stuff than drum and bass I heard mm-hmm. house garage uh, hip hop, everything, and and Wicked. and Wicked. the people, they took it. it was yeah, like they loved it. Sure. They loved it, and it didn't matter what they played. Sign of a good party. Yeah, that. yeah. So I think it's it's changing, and and maybe I don't know. It's it's like here in the in the Netherlands, jungle is really popular, and also a lot of techno and house DJs suddenly play jungle. So I hope this helps in uh, that people are curious about what's going on in drum and bass, but all, and, and it works yeah. the other way too. I mean, every, every, everything, everything. It seems to me that everything's quite. Um, it goes in cycles, you know. Yeah. And 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 right now, like I guess my my theory is is that where we're seeing a '90s revival with fashion and you know this this kind of looking back. Obviously, you know, it it just so happens that that fits quite nicely with Jungle. It hasn't really got to drum and bass yet, in my opinion. Like, Jungle definitely gets all the cool points, and and drum and bass still doesn't. But it, it might it might still happen. Let let's see. But there there definitely seems to be an openness, and I think like the thing is, if you like a lot of house and techno, it started incorporating a lot more rave elements and breaks and. And stuff like this and so then people are more familiar to hearing those kind of sounds and those kind of vibes so the the link between the two then isn't such a big step for them to make you know yeah. so let's see yeah let's see but it's an interesting time for yeah, sure and, which is pretty cool and, and is this project something you want to do live so not only do you said but really yeah, live? yeah we've 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 we've, to- we've talked about it yeah i think it could be something really fun i I wonder, in a drum and bass capacity, how well that would work. Um, if people are, I mean, like if you look at house and techno and stuff, there's, you know, the live performance is as prevalent as the DJ set these days, pretty much. And a, a lot of people are doing it. And drum and bass hasn't, it hasn't done that yet, for for whatever reason. Mm, yeah, the last, I think it's probably a lot to. Yeah, Sorry, so the last one I remember I was Icicle did a live show together. Yeah. yeah. And I think it okay. was, we had him on our first Curated by Party 2017 live show, live set with SPMC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How did it go? What did he say about it? What did you think? Uh, great. Yeah, I liked it. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 And that's why I really believe... And did he enjoy the experience? Yeah. Because I don't yeah. I don't recall seeing him do it much more. After I don't know what happened. Um, he did a big run of, of live shows. And then, I don't know, he, he did his techno thing. I can't remember... The, it's a lot uh, K-Dance oh yeah K-Dance yeah. K-Dance sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know I have to ask him next po- <laughs> invite him for the next podcast then. I'd be interested to know really like what his like what what happened with that are there, are there any, yeah. uh, can you think of any other live drum and bass uh, no I, I know one maybe uh, Jest or Guest Garen Stone they oh, yeah. live stuff but I don't know I don't know if they've done it in a a club set. No, but I've seen some stuff on the on the social. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that that's the thing. Like uh, Harry's really into his hardware. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's got he like he he's and I'd be interested to know what he said. But Harry's really into techno. Yeah, and good techno. For you know, yeah, and like and the and maybe that's what maybe that's what kind of triggered his 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 interest in that and then he obviously started to draw that in and you can really hear that in their sound recently Definitely. i've seen a few things that they've done on insta and stuff but i don't think they've done a, a live set with it but i bet you i can imagine they're probably pretty hungry to do it yeah might so be coming up i just i yeah i just i just i just wonder i wonder if the the drum bass crowd is is interested in that yeah but it, it, it could be it's a it's a a fairly unexplored route for sure and it's definitely something adrian and i are interested to do like we've already started talking about how that might be something that we could do yeah how it could work yeah, yeah. i think so um the north quarter um yeah how do you fit in in the north quarter family what's your role Beautiful. in the family <laughs> are you Amazing. obnoxious cousin the, 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 the cricket lover <laughs> the cricket yeah. the dirty uncle <laughs> the, the old dirty uncle yeah um honestly like i'm so happy like to be a part of it and nice. i remember when taya started it and you know he was just like oh, i'm just doing it for myself like just gonna release lensman stuff and i was just like look if you ever want any music like i'm up for it like i'd love to and then we didn't really talk about it for a bit more and you know he did the first ep smashed it did the second EP and then I think I just said again oh you know if you ever want any music and he's like yeah of course I want music and I don't know it's it's so nice to it's just it's a great vibe between all of us and it's so nice to have the the support from one another and just you know feels like we're all pushing in the same direction um it's great and the and the thing is is that I don't know the re- the reason why Taya got us all involved in the first place is because he respects what we do, uh-huh. you know, and he likes what he likes what we do, and it's definitely been really such a confidence builder for me to have someone like him and of his standing say like, "You make good music, man. Yeah, like you do, you do, you do good stuff, you know. Like I, I, I needed that. Yeah, I needed that a lot, um, and it's just, and and consequently, he he's also like he's a great believer in that, like. You should have your own sound. You should try and do your own thing. There's no point in trying to trying to be Caliber. There's no point in trying to be Marcus Intellect. There's no point in trying to be Lensman, whoever. Yeah. Because they're they're just gonna they're just gonna do it better anyway. Yeah. Because they're doing it more genuinely, you know. So 
he wants you to do your own things. And so, yeah, the implication in your question is like, yeah, do I do I fit? And I'd say, yeah, definitely I do. Because it's just like, it's not just one thing. And drum and bass never should be, in my opinion. It should encompass all different things. But there are some, there obviously are some strands that kind of like draw it all together. Yeah. Still, you know? Yeah, it's bloody great. So- to be quite honest with you. So how would you say the how is the balance with uh, with the other artists? Do you guys uh, uh, talk a lot? Do you inspire each other, stimulate each other? Is there more of a family fire for, or are all the, all the artists a bit more individualistic? Uh, it's a bit it's a bit of both. Okay. It's a bit of both. But um yeah, I would say definitely we're all inspiring each other and maybe not necessarily on purpose, but like it just so happens that like we do I don't know I you know like I think about when Julian Redeyes has sent me like a bunch of music and I you know Taylor's like what do you think well it's sick like really like it and he's like well of course you like it like you know like of course you like each other's music it make it makes sense yeah so I just I, I think it's kind of natural that you would that you would gain inspiration from one another but it, it yeah, we also do all like want to support each other and be there for each other and kind of push. You know, we're all super passionate about the music and it's really important for all of us that we are pushing it forward and kind of keeping this culture alive and developing and yeah, that's how that's how it works. Nice. <laughs> you and me, Martin. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead if you want one. Um, I think we're uh, reaching the end of the podcast. Yeah. So um, we've got a, a. Sorry for whoever's got to edit this. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> in doing work. this for, for two hours now. Somebody has to listen <laughs> first to make Jesus a spot list. Right. But um, now talking yeah. about the future, what can we expect? You mentioned uh, uh, Lynn releases. Uh, is there an album? Uh, yeah, you just released the EP. What what's coming up? Is is an album coming? It had crossed my mind. It had crossed my mind that um, maybe it might be time to think about doing that again. Um, it's, a, that's a, it's a hard process, to be honest with you. Like, it's, it's fairly draining. Um, I'm super happy that, that we did better days and I'm pretty proud of that, but it, it took a lot out of me as well. But it, the, for the first time, I would say, since then, it did kind of cross my mind the other day, like, oh. Maybe it's time to start thinking about that again. But I guess also I'd like to see I'd like to see what kind of happens when I'm writing. You know, see see if some good material comes out, see if there's there's something that I'm feeling. But um Yeah, I mean it's good it's I don't know, with with Sean Kemp I really feel like I kind of touched on something, a direction that I personally really like. I don't know if it's really kind of resonated with that many people but it definitely was a direction that i really i love it enjoyed. i really love it is that just because it's called sean yeah <laughs> no. yeah no. <laughs> no, it's a, no 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 it's it's a it's a really it's good. a good direction yeah yeah you agree yeah. martin yeah yeah definitely i don't know yeah so like i don't know we'll we'll see i'm pretty hungry at the moment to get to get writing again I tend to go through phases where I 
I, I write a lot and then when I don't do anything I'd like to even it out and it just to be like a more kind of steady output but it just doesn't seem to really be how I how I do it at the moment yeah um, so but yeah I'm hungry to be writing again which is cool like I'm just I'm just happy that you know I feel like there's still more stuff to be to be done um, and yeah hopefully um, Taya won't kick me off yet because <laughs> it's it feels like it's going really well yeah. and I think you know the more the more stuff that we do together the more kind of streamlined we get with the with the process and not nearly killing each other and you know all of this kind of stuff yeah. so like yeah just yeah. keep doing what you do man I really love your stuff yeah so it's really good thank you so if, if something comes out I'm, I'm so glad you said that otherwise I would like delete everything I recorded <laughs> if so, something will, will be released <laughs> it will be released on the North Border no other labels who knows uh, yeah. Never say never. Okay. Never say never. But like, um, it's not like you're married with the North no. Border. No, no. He, he better he better bloody keep me happy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, like, <laughs> okay. Otherwise, so keep otherwise, him happy. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying to. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but no. Um, I mean, we we definitely have a good working relationship, and it gets better and better the longer that we do it. It's you know, as I'm sure everybody knows from from their work life, you know, nothing's ever 100 smooth, and it takes work and dedication to make things better. But we both seem to be wanting to put that in at the moment, and I don't know. I'd say we're both enjoying it, even on the bad days overall. Yeah. So yeah, then, yeah. yeah. Then there's a balance in good yeah. times yeah. and bad times. So. Before we go to the last question, um, in October, the 20th of October, during Amsterdam Dance Event, we've got uh, the North yeah, Quarter man. Label Night in the upstairs room. So yes, there are, to be exact, uh, three rooms and an extra venue, that's the Rabozaal. But not to mention the extra venue, but the Melkweg has three three rooms, the, the Max, the Outer Zaals, the Old Room and the Upstairs Room. So we have a capacity of 250, uh, 300 maximum uh, during that night. And um, mm-hmm. I can even remember you were playing at our last North Quarter show at Paradiso. It was a special one. Was it the last one? Yeah, that was, was it the before COVID. Yeah. December 2019. Yeah. Oh no, in January 2020. Yeah. And in March when we went into lockdown. Fucking hell. Mm. Mm, uh, good times. So, yeah. What can we expect? Chuffed, we're doing it again, man. Thanks for thanks for sorting that out. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a player for sure. Yeah. So we've sold a lot of tickets. So uh, everyone who's listening and wants to come buy a ticket. Yeah, uh, hurry up. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be like a big North Quarter show. We've got uh, I think Settles coming. You are coming. Uh, Lensman. Submorphics, of course, T-Man, Fox, Fox, yeah. Vanity, Roxanne, she's a Dutch DJ. So the last, the, it's the most uh, <laughs> difficult question of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay. Cheers. The last nice yeah. album on earth. So before uh, we've got <laughs> the last question, picture this. You get the chance to produce the very last album of earth. For this, you can invite anyone you want to work with. 
could be your peers, pupils, idols, musicians, dead or alive, producers, singers, whatever. You form a, a, a band, production band, not a stage band if people are dead or alive, but it's an imaginary band. Okay. So, you've got 10 seconds. <laughs> to do what? To, to make, make an band. album. Who Last you pick? album of your life. To, 10 seconds to make an album. No, no, to decide who you're going to invite. <laughs> okay. Well, to make up for my first mistake, Marvin Gaye, okay. he's there for sure. Let's get him in. Um, let's definitely get John Lennon in because he's a bloody good songwriter as well. He'll, he'll do. Um, Dillinger is there. Fotech is there. Okay. And uh, yeah, North Quarter Gang. Everybody. We're all there. What would you name? Yeah, but we're making. The, well, we're making the tea. What would we name the band? Yes. <coughs> oh, the cricketers. <laughs> amazing. That's an amazing right. name. Cricketers. <laughs> yeah, and Lens is not allowed to boycott. Them, so. <laughs> and that's not a cricket pun for anyone listening who's into cricket. The cricketers. So well, that's Silent Stone then, huh? It's 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 a big yeah. boy band. Then. <laughs> I miss I miss women in this band. North Court, North Quarter is a oh, boy band. So <laughs> so the, the Backstreet no, yeah, Backstreet Boys was drum and bass. Sorry, Lance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, um, he's, t- he's turned off. Tell us, do you have anything you would like to plug to our listeners? Um, this could be anything you have going on in your life right now. Uh, where can they find you? What do you have coming up? Patreon, socials, whatever. No. Yeah, no, I, I don't have anything to plug. Even um, your I don't believe in EP it. that's been released. No, no, we did we we did that. We did that. I just want to say thanks a lot to you guys for letting me rant on, basically. Yeah. My God. Um my brother just phoned me up just before and I was like, Man, I'm so tired. <laughs> like I'm really I really like I'm I'm thinking about asking to cancel, but I can't. <clears throat> and he's like, Don't worry, you'll be talking about yourself. You love doing that. <laughs> And, uh, you did a good job, Freddie. Thank you. Yeah. I did. I did an all right. I did an all right. Yeah, it's been an absolute so pleasure. You, to were, talk. you were right, you bastard. You were right. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks a lot to to you guys for uh, arranging this, and thanks a lot for the October party. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who can be bothered to listen to my waffling. <laughs> it's, it's appreciated. And yeah. Yeah. Time flew by. Nice one. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Freddie. Yeah. Final words. Uh, the Pleasure Rooms EP is out. It's on digital or now. also vinyl. Um, you can pre-order the vinyl. Pre-order the vinyl. The vinyl won't turn. The vinyl won't turn up for a little bit, but you know that's due to various big ships stuck in the Suez Canal and what have you. Yeah. yeah. So, but the you can you can pre-order the vinyl now. Yeah. And um, that will turn up in the fullness of time, and I'm sure it will look beautiful like all the other. All right. Cool. And for the people, the listeners that want to party, they can come to our uh, 985 night on the 16th of September. A month later, on the 20th of November, uh, October, 20th of October, we have the North Quarter. And the 23rd of December, we've got critical music. And then we've had all the best labels of drum and bass in one year. And if, you want, if you're living in or near uh, Switzerland, you can go on the, in September, what date? 16th. The 16th. But oh. it's not quite set in stone, right? Okay, so you have to choose between uh, uh, Alex Perez and the gang in, at Melkweg in Amsterdam. God damn it, look what you've done or, here. Or, or no, Alex won't play in uh, in Zurich. You have to book another DJ. All the 985 DJs are in Amsterdam, so book Lensman then. Damn.
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been the eighth uh, episode of the Great <laughs> Podcast, and uh, yeah, we will hope we hope to see you in the next episode. See you. Cheers. You're tuned in to the Curated by Podcasts.